Good afternoon and good evening and welcome back to Amos and Andy. WMAQ, the Chicago Daily News Station, hired Gosden and Carell and their former WGN announcer, Bill Hay, to create a series similar to Sam and Henry. They offered higher salaries than WGN and the right to pursue the chainless chain syndication idea. The creators later said that they named the characters Amos and Andy after hearing two elderly African-Americans greet each other by those names in a Chicago elevator. Amos and Andy began on March 19, 1928, on WMAQ, and prior to airing each program, they recorded their show on 78 RPM discs. No, not the number 78. That was the vinyl that they recorded on. 78s preceded 33s, and they preceded 45s from Marsh Laboratories, operated by electrical recording pioneer Orlando R. Marsh. Early 1930s broadcasts of the show were done from the El Mirador Hotel in Palm Springs, California. From the program's entire run as a nightly series, Gosden and Carell provided over 170 male voice characterizations in the show's first decade, with the episodic drama and suspense heightened by cliffhanger endings Amos and Andy reached an ever-expanding radio audience. It was the first radio program to be distributed by syndication in the divided states of America. And by the end of the syndicated run in August 1929, at least 70 stations besides WMAQ carried recorded episodes. Amos Jones and Andy Brown, those were the characters, worked on a farm near Atlanta, Georgia. The premise... And during the first week's episodes, they made plans to find a better life in Chicago. Despite warnings from a friend, with four ham and cheese sandwiches and $24, they bought train tickets and headed for Chicago, where they lived in a State Street rooming house and experienced some rough times before launching their own business, the Fresh Air Taxi Company. The first car they acquired had no roof. The pair turned that into a selling point. And by 1930, the noted toy maker, Lewis Marks and Company, offered a tin wind-up version of the auto, with Amos and Andy inside. The toy company produced a special autographed version of the toy as gift as gifts for American leaders, including our 31st president, Herbert Hoover. There was also a book, and in 1943, after 4,091 episodes, the radio program went from a 15-minute CBS weekday dramatic serial to an NBC half-hour weekly comedy. While the five-week show, five five shows a week were often, they often had a quiet, easygoing feeling. The new version was a full-fledged sitcom in the Hollywood sense, with a regular studio audience for the first time in the show's history, and an orchestra also the first time in the show's history. More outside actors, including many black com- comedy professionals, were brought in to fill out the cast. Many of the half-hour programs were, wit- were written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher. Later, the writing team behind Leave it to Beaver and the Munsters. In the new version, Amos became a peripheral character to the more dominant Andy and Kingfish duo. Although Amos was still featured in the traditional Christ- Christmas show, where he explains the Lord's Prayer to his daughter, Arbadella, voiced by Eleanor Harriet, and later by the Asian-American, Barbara Jean Wong. Yes, 
the Asian-American Barbara Jean Wong. The Christmas show also became a part of the later television series. The later radio program and the TV version were advanced for the time, depicting blacks in a variety of roles, including successful business owners and managers, professionals, and public officials, in addition to the comic characters at the show's core. It anticipated many later comedies featuring working-class characters, both black and white, including All in the Family, The Honeymooners, and Sanford and Son. By the fall of 1948, the show was back on CBS again. In the same year, Corell and Gosden sold all rights to Amos and Andy to CBS for a reported $2.5 million. Stay tuned for the conclusion and the rest of the story of Amos and Andy. Ebony Contrarian, out for now.